Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to... Wait. What was I doing again? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Waifus and Weeaboos podcast. My name is Nick, as some of you don't know, but some of you may know. I'm sorry, it's been a quite some time before I've done one of these, and quite frankly, I'm a little rusty. But uh, for those who were looking forward to any recent episodes for this, uh, for this uh, fall season, I do apologize as my schedule has been pretty hectic and I only run this podcast by myself. So I am greatly sorry that I have not been keeping up with weekly episodes or weekly, you know, or semi-weekly episodes. I've just been so busy with work, uh, the stream and a couple other things as well. But tonight, today, this afternoon, good morning, good afternoon and and not good night yet. But today uh, we're going to be talking about Tony Kawa, Over the Moon for You. You just heard the opening right there. And the second half of the episode, we're going to be talking about season three, the end of season three of Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? But <clears throat> let us get started on Tony Kakukawai. Tony Kakukawai is the 12 episode romantic comedy that just finished airing. And we're going to go over that as today. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, Tony Kagugawai. So we have our main character, Nasa Yuzuki, who's determined to leave his name in the history books. Ranking first in the national mock exam and aiming for a distinguished high school, he is certain that he has his whole life mapped out. However, fate is a fickle mistress. On his way home, one snowy evening, Nasa's eyes fall upon a peerless beauty across the street. Bewitched, Nasa tries to approach her only to get blindsided by an, by an oncoming truck. Hashtag truck Thankfully, his life is spared due to the girl's swift, swift action. Bleeding by the side of an ambulance, he watches as the girl walks away under the moonlight, reminiscent of Princess Kaguya leaving for the moon. Refusing to let this chance meeting end, he forces his crippled body to chase after her and asks her out. Surprised by his foolhardiness, and pure resolve, the girl accepts his confession under one single condition. They can be, they can only be together if he marries her. Now, I know that synopsis sounds pretty like crazy, unusual, unentertaining. But let me tell you, you have no idea what you're in for uh, when you watch this anime. So, Let's get into a little bit of the episode. It is 12 episodes. It it has finished airing. All right. It is, it's got no licensee yet, but the studio that did it is uh, Seven Arcs. And Seven Arcs... Here's the thing about the art and animation for this. Um, Seven Arcs did like Sekirei, um, Us Are Crying, White Album, Dog Days, uh, Art, which just recently aired. Maho Sojo Lyrical Nana, uh, Nanoha. Um, but 
the art it's it's interesting because the artwork of the show does kind of remind me of an early 2000s mid 2000s sort of artwork uh like bamboo uh, bamboo blade and uh it, it really does follow the besom uh style so big eyes small mouth kind of style the characters in this anime do have very big eyes um tremendous eyes at, at, at different points at times but in regards to the um art and animation like i said the art is perfectly you know is nostalgic the character designs are great the animation is really really good really crisp really clean animation and uh, i think seven arcs did a really really tremendous job animating uh tony kaku kawaii over the moon for you Now, with the animation portion under the like with the animation portion out of the way, um, let's talk a little bit about the opening and well, you know what? Let's get into our no, let's talk about the opening. The ending is the ending is okay. It is a good ending for a, a nice romantic comedy. The opening. The opening Oh my goodness, how do I explain the opening? The opening is like a cross between like like you heard a little bit of like you heard a little bit of it in the beginning of the episode, but that doesn't do it justice. It's like a dubstep like pop song and you just have to listen to it and wait for like the beat drop. And it's just so like I'd have to go through the openings throughout the year that just passed. But I think I can safely say that the over the moon for you opening is the best opening of the year and that's saying something because i thought there were really a lot of great openings this year uh and even just in this in this season uh jujutsu, jujutsu kaisen had a really good opening um i mean i thought uh is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon had a good opening there were a lot of really good openings this year um but quite frankly i think tony kaku kawaii blew most of them out of the water so <clears throat> that's my opinion on the opening but let us get into the main dish of this anime and that is the characters the main characters and the supporting characters let's talk a little bit about the main characters first so first and foremost we do have yuzaki sukasa who is the our main heroine who saved uh nasa after he got hit by a truck now sukasa has a mysterious air to her that you as the viewer don't know who or what she is actually you don't know if this is like a lot of the genres have is as romance comedy shonen but you don't know what uh sukasa really is because there's hints and everything that she does have some sort of relation to princess kaguya and that she does like have some sort of super well i wouldn't say superhuman abilities but like she's got some supernatural abilities so we don't know much about Tsukasa other than she marries nasa in the first episode and it might be the quickest marriage in anime history um and then we go into a little bit more about nasa 
I keep saying NASA. It might be NASA because she calls him NASA throughout the show. But like his name is NASA, like based off, you know, the the national blah, 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 astronaut something. I don't I don't know what the acronym or I don't know what uh, NASA stands for. I'm sorry to all you NASA, you NASA people who listen to me. But um, yeah, like he was named after like the space state, like space and everything like that. So. Uh, so NASA is like a super smart, like intellectual, uh, eighteen year old, I guess, and just like really wicked smart. But like where he excels in like finances and you know data and stuff like that, he he wow cool he uh he fails in like athletics and like video games and like just more common stuff that like you know guys do in this day and age like he's more concerned about like the fluffiness of a of a pillow instead of like you know playing video games or something like that so like nasa's a pretty cool character i i do like nasa um but sukasa is just like one of the best girls of the season i found it i found it pretty funny that like last year it was like i was really infatuated with a uh, chizuru from uh random girlfriend and then like sukasa comes in i saw a meme it was like chizuru saying like i'm the best girl and sukasa slides in she's like hold my beer and it's like true honestly like i love sukasa i think she's a great uh i thought she was a great female lead but to go with a great female lead you have to have a great side character right so one of the best i like personally i she was the funniest character in this anime is kaname Arisugawa, and you learn that Nasa and Kaname have some sort of past where he actually helped her and her mom and sister like keep their bathhouse, um, keep their bathhouse financially stable because. Sorry, I had to grab my phone and mute it. Um, so he kept their their bathhouse financially stable, so that's how they were able to. Uh, repay him and like she's just funny like she's a perverted like she's just a perverted character and like just the just likes to mess with Nansa and then eventually she messes with Tsukasa as well some from time to time so kind of made me laugh the most uh throughout this anime and then you find out her sister Aya has like this gigantic crush on NASA. So it's like, when are you going to find out that when, when is, when, when are they, who's going to break the news to Aya um, <clears throat> on when NASA and Tsukasa are married. And I won't ruin it for you, but it's, I laughed so hard, so hard uh, when it happened, I was dying. And then we have um, probably my least favorite. I would say she's the antagonist, but like, She's just kind of like third wheeling is Chitose Kaginoji, and she's actually Sukasa's. I want to say uh, sister. She's is a sister, but I think she's more like a stepsister or just like a rel like a distant relative of hers. And she's she's like your she's like your character who's trying to intervene with the Nasa and Sukasa marriage. Pretty annoying, uh, but it's like understandable that you have to have that kind of character in the show as well. <clears throat> so with the car and then there's some other characters like nasa's parents hilarious nasa's parents are freaking hilarious uh you learn you you get to meet uh kaname's mom throughout the show and chitose's maids as well so that's the end of the characters now let's just talk about the show in general 
first and foremost, um, if you're not in the romantic comedies or like chill, like fun loving anime, like you are just not gonna like the show. Um, but it, that shouldn't that shouldn't um put you into a position that you should rate it low. Like if you don't like a specific um like if you don't like a specific genre, then don't watch it. I've been reading a lot of reviews of people who have watched this show and they literally start off by saying, well, you know, I'm not the target audience for this show, but honestly, it was pretty bad. And it's like, well, you're just saying that it's pretty bad because you're just not the target audience. But if you just viewed it objectively, then you could probably give it a fair share. So that's the first and foremost thing I'm going to say to anybody who has some interest in looking for a romantic comedy anime. This anime is close to flawless. There, I said it. Ding, 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 ding. I said the word that I rarely ever say, and I hate saying that word because at the end of the day, there's no such thing as a flawless anime. There's just not. There is no such thing as a flawless anime. This anime, and and I, I, I actually got to stop myself from saying that. Yes, there are flaws in this anime. Every anime has flaws in them. There are flaws in this anime. But this show comes pretty damn close to being a pretty flawless anime and like when i say flawless i mean there's some little things here and there like like um like copy and paste kissing and you know like slight like fan service here and there but honestly the fan service didn't bother me the like the fan service felt like natural like it was fan service that you would expect like a husband and wife like to see each other like for one instance, she's getting changed and like he comes into the room when she's getting changed. And it's like, that's just natural for what a husband and wife are going to be doing. Like you're going to see your wife like getting changed eventually. So like stuff like that, like really didn't bother me. And like, it really is like, it just felt like natural to me, but I could see where, uh, like that could be like the flaws in the anime and stuff. And it's like, when you have something cute and cuddly it's like when you bring in like a side boob or like jiggle physics, um, I could, I, you could, you could see where it like kind of loses its, you know, where it kind of loses its luster. But other than that, like this show is, is super cute, super amazing. Like just from start to finish, like, ah, man, like people, people say like, man, I got diabetes after watching this show because of how sweet it is. I kid you not. Like I am, I am like not surprised. I do not have diabetes after watching this show. This is probably the most sweetest anime. Um, I mean, like it's just a good romance anime. Like they get married in the first episode, and like the development happens from there. Like in other, like it's just so different from any other romance anime. Like with romance anime, you're meeting each other or like you have some sort of connection when you first start the first episode and then you build into that relationship eventually ending at the end this you literally start off by getting married they literally start off by getting married and as they're leading their lives in their marriage then you then you see them progressing as a beautiful husband and wife and i just found it to be like a change of pace I found it to be beautiful. And if it wasn't for my teen romantic comedy, Snafu 3, I think this would have took the cake for 
one of the best like romance lovey dovey anime of the year. Uh but I mean the just the end of again, I this is biased on my point, the end of my team romantic comedy three. Still I I still watch it to this day because it was just uh I just I still I still can't believe what I heard. Like I just could not believe what I heard. But like this, you get a lot of I love you's in this. And like it's like it is sweet as sugar. It is sweet. Every time those words are spouted throughout this show, I just like, woo, or yeah, boy, or like, oh my God, like so good. It's just so good. Um, so crew, I like I cannot like recommend Tony Kakuguai over the moon for you anymore. It is a 10 out of 10. Quite frankly, I have it as a 95 out of 100 or a 9.5 out of 10. Realistically, this show is so... I, you know what? I I gave it... I think I gave Kaguya-sama a 9.2. I'll give this... I'll give... I'll give it a 9.5. It's just a different story from Kaguya. Like, again, like... The fact that like they're they got married and they're living their life as a married couple just changes my viewpoint of it. So again, um, I I can't wait to have this on Blu-ray. I can't wait. Uh, it is a Crunchyroll produced show, so you can only watch it on Crunchyroll. And I would assume that they will have the Blu-ray out for it eventually. So go check it out, Tony Kakukuai, Over the Moon for You, airing just finished airing, and then and the OVA is coming out as well. So I'm gonna check that out, and I think I'm gonna start checking out the manga as well. So yeah, sounds good. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, leads us into season three. Talking about season three of uh, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Let me pull it up real quick. And give you a quick synopsis. Now, I mean, we don't really have to go much around it. Because if you've seen season one or two... You really know what the dealio is, all right? But season, so season one is kind of the whole story about Belle going into the dungeon, getting different girls, yada, 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 and just developing into a little bit stronger of a character, right? And then season two comes out, and while I did really love the introduction of, excuse me, Haruhime and the whole um god i forget the familia but like all like the the freaking the goddess of basically lost and like how all these girls all the like the the you know the females were like over like bell it kind of got to the point where i was like all right like i i get it i understand it but like what are you doing to make this better like the whole rescuing harahime and like the the stranded princess in the castle like all right like i get it like that's fine but overall like season two was extremely lack i'll say extremely lackluster compared to um season one so when season three was announced you know right there afterwards it was like Okay, there's a monster coming out of the wall. 
She's a cute monster. Like, what's the dealio? So basically, like, we get right into it in the sense, like, not even the sense, it's like, Belle rescues this uh, Vivre, and he basically teaches her how, like, she's a humanoid Vivre, like, she has, like, elven ears, but, like, she's clearly a monster. She keeps her wing hidden, for the most part, Um, and he ends up naming her Weenie, and... She has human speech, so she's no different than a human other than she's a monster. So really the whole synopsis of season three is that Belle wants to uh not colonize, but like Belle like and his Hestia and the Hestia Familia stumble across upon stumble upon a whole bunch of monsters that can speak tongue as well. So basically the um the, ser- the this season is based around a man who imprisoned these monsters to sell them and Belle wanted to take care of these monsters and then also eventually wanted to have like the monsters living amongst the people like that's the monsters dreams like uh what are, what are they called the Xenos so they're called the Xenos the Xenos want to live amongst the humans because all they want to do is just be like they just want to see the sun like they just want to live amongst the people and they just want to live a happy life but obviously, thousands of years of fighting monsters, humans fighting monsters, it's just not going to happen. So that's a one. That's one of the very few. That's well, not one of the very few things, but that's one of the things I really liked about this uh, season. It it really made you question, like, who are the monsters in the end? Like, obviously, the monsters are monsters, but are humans the monsters as well? As we see a couple of times, but. The th- like a lot of the main points in the show are Bell fighting the general Bell fighting the guy who imprisons the monsters. Bell and like I just I was just waiting for this and and like the opening kind of ruined it, but Bell versus Eyes. So that was something. And then three, you could see it in the main picture anywhere you see. Bell versus the Minotaur part three. Now let me, uh, part two, part two, part two, sorry, part two. Now let me tell you something. All right. Bell versus the Minotaur, uh, in season one is, is probably still the best fight of the series. In my opinion, not because it was an actual, like good fight, but because it was plot development for bell to be like, uh, a hero that could stand by himself and like didn't need anybody's help to like kill monsters and stuff like that. So that's why I felt like the first fight against the Minotaur was something special. The fight against the giant was really good. The fight against eyes is probably my second favorite fight in the series. Just because it's just well animated. It's a good fight. And he actually stands his own against eyes. But the second fight against the Minotaur, which you'll like once like you could like I know you're probably saying to yourself, like, how does he fight the Minotaur again? The Minotaur died. Um, you'll you'll understand like once you watch the show. But a lot of the action scenes in this series and like and like you you just find out a lot in this series, like 
who's good, who is bad, who has Bell's back, who doesn't have Bell's back, you know, who has these certain convictions, who has these certain convictions, will these convictions clash against each other, will, um, you know, can there be a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Can there be like a reunion if the two, if the two, uh, if the two ideals are clashing against each other, like can they, can they, uh, can they make up, you know? So there's a lot going on in uh, season three of Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? And quite frankly, like, it was really good. Um, I thought it was better than season two. I did not think it was better than season one, but I am intrigued about what they're going to be doing with these Xenos going forward. Unfortunately, at the end of season three, there was no announcement for a season four or even an announcement for um, the Sword Aurora. I think it's Sword Aurora. Um, that was the arc where they had Eyes' side of the story, like what Eyes was doing during the time like Bell was like running around fucking... Um, what is it? About, like going down in the dungeon and shit like that. When Bell- so basically, Aurora arc was based around season one of um, Dungeon Dan Machi when Bell was like running around the dungeons, but like it was Eyes' point of view. So like, I don't know if they're going to make a second season of that. Um, but I really want a season four of, uh, Don Machi. Like, I'm just really intrigued. Like what's up with Seer? What's up with fear? Like I see some stuff. What's up with Ryu? You know, I've heard some things about Ryu. I want more eyes in my life. Uh, I've actually, I've actually grown to like Hestia more. Well, that's the thing about season two that I kind of like was the ballroom dance episode. Like that was good. But like I actually I've come to like Hestia a little bit more. She's not as annoying as what she once was. Belle, like, yeah, like Belle is Belle, but like I kind of like Belle a lot. I do like Belle a lot. And then there's Mikoto. Like, there's just a lot of lovable characters in this anime. But in regards to grading this season overall, like my anime list is a 7.52. I think that's a fair score. I liked a little bit more than that. At the end of the day, I'm going to give Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Season 3 an 8.2 out of 10 or an 82 out of 100. 82 out of 100. Again, you know what you're getting. Like, if you liked Season 1 of Dan Machi and you didn't like Season 2 of Dan Machi, I think Season 3 will get you back into the swing of things just because it is a little bit different and slightly more action-packed than Season 2. So, Season 3, Dan Machi, there's our seal. A 8.2 out of 10 or an 82 out of 100 so that's it ladies and gentlemen this episode of (laughs) waifus and weeaboos and i laugh because it's been a long time since we had a new episode has come to an end so today we talked about tony kaku kawaii over the moon for you we talked about uh is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon season three and we scored and reviewed both of those shows as well so if you are listening to this, uh, welcome back. I appreciate you listening to this episode of Waifus and Weebus. And I hope to get a new episode in this Sunday. I'd like to talk about uh, Kuma 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 Bear. I think I, I think that was right. Kuma 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 Bear. Yeah. Or, or what is it? The Bear Bear 
The Bear Bears a Bear Kuma. That's the English title of that show. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about uh, another show that's airing this season in uh, Warlords of Sigdrifa as well. So we're going to talk about Kuma 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 Bear and Warlords of Sigdrifa as well. So look forward to that. Make sure if you are uh, on social media, make sure you hit us with a follow. Waifus N, the letter N, we lose on Twitter. Uh, Waifus N, we lose on Facebook. But just follow us on Twitter. We do a lot more on Twitter than on Facebook. Or I do a lot more on Twitter than on Facebook. And uh, make sure you hit me up on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash source and say one. Uh, you can follow me there. I've been doing a lot of Pokemon playthroughs right now, Pokemon card openings. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and hook me up and follow over there. And if you are interested in screenshots from currently airing anime, you can find me on NJ Otaku on Tumblr. That's where I put a lot of my good screenshots from from uh, weekly anime. And you can also find the top 10 male and female characters from the fall season on that list as well. So again, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Nick, and Whitefoos and Weeboos is back, baby. We are back with a vengeance. So look forward to the next episode, probably, hopefully, dropping uh, Sunday or Monday. So I appreciate, I appreciate you all for listening to me, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.